In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. I'm here with my co-host Jack. Jack, how are you, mate? I'm good. Ready for round two. Round one was good. Thoroughly enjoyed it and uh, can't wait for this one. Excellent. And we've got Pete. You're, you're back on the Skype. How are you, Pete? I, I am good. I am I am happy to be back. The flattering worked. Uh, I managed to book me again. Well, Pete, you're a superstar. Thank you. So um, let's start with some uh, predictions. Pete, how many wins do you think the Browns will make this season? I have them at five. Uh, I, I, I uh, err on the side of Las Vegas, who has learned their lesson the past two years on giving uh, Hugh Jackson a ton of credit that he didn't deserve. They, they, they got bathed in it. Uh, uh, he has minus 11 wins over the last two seasons as, as far as Vegas thought he was going to do. Now they've got him at basically five wins. That's where I have him. Uh, the schedule is brutal. Uh, and they are young, and if there are spots where if they go down, they're going to be in a lot of trouble in a hurry, which is what happened last year uh, when people were sort of predicting it would be 8-8 eight and eight, uh, and got really crazy with it. But 5 seems about right. It would represent progress at the same time being very clear that they need a better coaching staff. Yeah, and that leads me on to my next questions. How many games do you think uh, he's uh, got to survive? He needs, if, 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 my guess is he needs to avoid double-digit losses. So that would be seven wins. I do not think he can go 6-10 and 10 or worse. If he goes 6-10, and 10, he would be 7-41 and 41 over three years. And if you're trying to make the case that he's going to stay employed, I would point at one Mike Penn who went 7-3 and three out of his first 10. And we're saying Hugh Jackson deserves to stick around after winning seven of basically his first 50. So... Uh, I, I think he has to get to a point where we can say not double-digit losses. You can at least make a big step. Seven wins would be a huge, respectable step forward. Uh, that would be a, a good number. Uh, certainly, you're hoping for more than that, but seven is a good marker, I think, for him. Yeah. And um, who do you think your um, the Browns' rookie of the year would be? Um, I thought going into this, that it would be Nick Chubb, uh, and I and I think he's going to be great. Uh, but the way, and, and we'll see, it, it could change. But I thought Nick Chubb, and, and he still could, would, would fully surpass Carlos Hyde and relegate him to a nice backup, true tailback, uh, a third overall back. But so far, they still seem to be honest to the idea that they're going to run you know three backs. So in light of that, I will say Austin Corbett. Uh, much like it was, and the Browns have a history of this. Obviously, Joe Thomas was phenomenal his rookie year. Uh, Joe Batonio was phenomenal his rookie year. Uh, I think Corbett has more than enough ability, and I think as he gets more comfortable, that he's going to make a massive difference on the offensive line. Uh, it will be a little unfair, and maybe he won't get enough credit for it by virtue of the fact that they did have Joe Thomas last year, and Joel Batonio was at left guard. That the best he can do is sort of maintain a super high level 
uh, that, that Betonio does. And if he doesn't, it's sort of a disappointment in that respect, just from a year-to-year basis. But I really do think because of the changes they've made on the offensive line that Corbett uh, will end up being the real uh, offensive rookie of the year. Interesting. Um, Jeff uh, Risden said the same. Do you two talk by any chance? Yes, I know Jeff very well. Uh, Jeff's a good dude, a uh, very smart guy, works uh, moderately hard uh, covering the Lions and, and Browns. Uh, he's got some uh, interesting loyalties given the fact he's been sort of uh, straddling uh, those two those two states his whole, mo- much of his life. Yeah, And um, who's your uh, uh, number one person to make the uh, Pro Bowl? Miles Garrett, I mean, he, he, if he, I think he is a superstar right now. Uh, I think he will justify that uh, very quickly. Uh, but so far, healthy, and, and, I, and I, I, I made the case that he was the best, and obviously he missed a bunch of games. He was the best player on the Browns last year. He was 21 years old. He is now healthy, hopefully he stays that way. At 22 years old, he's really fixed his first step. Uh, and he is basically an unstoppable killing machine. Uh, I have referenced him on more than a few occasions to being doomsday. He is that type of guy where uh, I, I am not a Greg Williams guy. I think he's very bright but does some very weird things on defense. Miles Garrett may single-handedly drag Greg Williams into looking like a very smart G- uh, defensive coordinator by virtue of the fact he's so damn good that he can make anyone look smart. Okay. Um one thing we like to do on the sh- on the show is to try and uh, get you to make a crazy prediction. So, have you got any very very hot takes for the Brown season uh, this year? Uh, I mean, uh, it's a tough call. I, I guess if I'm going to say anything, it would be Miles Garrett related. I think he will lead the NFL in sacks. I think he will flirt with the number twenty. I, I I've said it. I think he could get his age in sacks this year. Um, Again, it's purely a matter of staying healthy, but through the preseason and through uh, training camp and stuff, he's been basically impossible to stop. It's just, it's not a question of how, it's a question of how many at this point. Okay, well, thank you uh, very much for that, uh, Pete. We're going to start with some no love. Let's go straight into the defence. What's your um, view on the uh, D-line? Jack, how many people do you think uh, we'll have on the D-line? I'm working out to be nine. I'm thinking five defensive ends, four defensive tackles. But we could have eight. Pete, what's your view on that? Um, I've got eight, but I'm counting Gennard Avery as a linebacker. and Really, he could easily be counted as a defensive end. Uh, I've got one asterisk in that I think the eighth guy will ultimately be replaced uh, on waivers. But, yeah, eight, I've got uh, uh, only one, two, three true defensive tackles. And, uh, yeah, how's your um, – who, who are you uh, naming in the uh, defense? So I've got Miles Garrett, Emmanuel Ogba, Jamie Meter, Larry Ogunjobi uh, as the starting guys, obviously. Uh, and then after that, Carl Nassib. Caleb Brantley, as much as I don't like him, he did have a very nice game against the Eagles. Chad Thomas, despite himself, because he's awful. And then the eighth guy who I think will ultimately be replaced when waivers come out is Marcel Frazier, 
uh, an undrafted rookie out of Missouri. Uh, unfortunately, he had a concussion, so he missed a little bit of time, but he looked pretty good in what I've seen him do. And then it, it becomes just a question of if you count Jannard Avery as a linebacker, as an edge, I've got him as a linebacker simply because the Browns do. Okay. And um, so Nate Orchard to get um, released? Yes, uh, he, he is uh, he is slow and he's got the worst combination of slow and uh, and uh, being bad uh, technically in terms of he's got great hands. He can shed blocks well. He's just so goddamn slow. And then, you know, in a game against Josh Allen, he was fundamentally wrong in that he couldn't keep him in the pocket, which is just a matter of targeting the upfield shoulder. And he, it made him look even slower having this guy and don't get me wrong Josh Allen is a is a good not great athlete uh who basically made him look like he was just absolutely didn't belong in the NFL okay do you think we can get anything for him no no he's he's genuinely awful uh I don't think again it, it becomes a question of uh if if you you know some team says, "Oh, maybe he can make our maybe make he make our roster." We've got this guy. We don't think you know is going to make our roster that you want. You could do a you know basically a trash for trash trade, but no, I, I think he's just going to be flat out released. And I, I I don't. I would be very surprised if he makes another team. And going into further depth into our D line, uh, Jeremy Folk, uh, Daniel Ekalu, if I said that correct. Um. Jay Coven Henderson, Blaine Woodson, Lenny Jones. You think any of these guys are going to get into the practice at all? Um, of those, I could see Jeremy Falk, even though I have yet to see anything redeemable about him. But the guy who the Browns seem to like, I do not particularly like, is Jay Coven Henderson. Uh, he's a nose guard, a true nose. Uh, I, I could, I, I would see him as a guy they prioritize for the practice squad, in that. Jamie Meter is a true nose. Larry Ogunjobi can be a nose, but if one of those goes down, they can sort of call up Henderson and and, and bring him up to help out. Uh, he's okay. I, I you know I, I not clearly not good enough to make the roster, but he's a guy I could see them keep as, an, as a practice squad insurance policy. He's got some significant off the field questions, uh, and you know, that's right up Dorsey's alley. So he may not be a guy that's very popular in other teams. So it may be easy to keep him on the practice squad. So you don't see Smith or Coley. Was that making the roster? Um, yeah, I should have, I should have Chris Smith on here. Um, yep. Let's go ahead and replace Marshall Frazier with Chris Smith. That would make the eighth guy. Um, I, hate how the Browns are using Chris Smith with a passion. I do not think he's a good edge player. Um, I do think he's a very good inside player in terms of creating pressure. Um, (sighs) Trevon Coley, he's the guy that stands out to me if they want to go short time, uh, short term uh, IR. He's the guy that, you know, the, the half season injured reserve, uh, to try to get him fully back um, healthy because the high ankle sprain, you know, especially when you're that big, as it obviously was last year with Miles Garrett, those tend to linger. Uh, and I think that's an easy way for them to keep, you know, un- got enough guys they want to get a look at and make sure they're happy with 
and somebody will probably get injured along the way, and then they can bring in Trevon Coley off the short-term injured reserve to bring him back. Uh, I, I do like Trevon Coley. I thought he was a very nice role player as a run defender. I was hoping that he could take a step forward this year, but obviously the high ankle sprain sort of short-circuited that. But that's, you know, and, and I, I'm, I'm more than prepared to be dead wrong on that, and, and they try to keep him active. But that stands out to me, that if they're basically saying, you know, we don't need Trevon Coley right now, and I, you know that they can get away with not having him for you know that first half of the season, and then somebody will probably uh, require uh, him to replace them at that point. Jack, anything else on the um, D line? No, that's it. I, th- I agree. Smith should be basically a defensive tackle on, especially pass rush plays, and get the slow people off. We don't want Meader on there. We need people that can get after the quarterback. So, uh, no, I'd see that move. And it wouldn't surprise me um, when the season starts that Avery becomes just in that second-choice defensive end rotation. I think that's where his future is. Um, I've got him under my linebacker list at the moment because I'd rather have less linebackers than more. So, uh, no, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, I think the lineback, we've got uh, Collins, Joe, Curtsy. Uh, Kendricks, Pete, all agree on them for in the roster. Yeah, the, the, I I know there's been a lot of talk about it. I don't see the point in trying to move Jamie Collins. Uh, he's got a terrible contract to try to trade. Uh, you're basically again this. Well, I, I suppose this would be the Dorsey move here would be to trade him at his absolute least valuable point. Uh, but if you're gonna say, if you're truly saying that the Browns are better off with Jamie Collins. You're probably just going to have to cut him and eat the money. I think they are better with him. Uh, I think he can. I think, in some respects, Greg Williams should be graded in large part based on what he can get out of Jamie Collins. He was an integral part of trying to keep Jamie Collins uh, uh, resigning with Cleveland. Uh, he did a big, whole big recruiting pitch with him. I, I don't think you can then say. Well, we give up on him after a year where he got injured and say uh, he just can't play. Uh, the other part of that is Jamie Collins has genuine ability to cover guys, and Mike- uh, Michael Kendricks doesn't. Uh, Michael Kendricks, I think, is a little overrated by Browns fans. I think he's a very good downhill run-and-chase type, uh, but uh, and he, de- he has looked very good with the first-team defensive guys. But particularly when he was in with the second team guys, he just sort of was out there. He was just kind of a body and got lost pretty quickly. I think he's he is more along the lines of a ninth, tenth, eleventh guy on defense. You're certainly not going to say he's a you know up in the top half or anywhere near that. And and I you know I I don't hate the idea of having depth here. Uh, I don't know why. You know, if the Browns, if 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 the fans who want only three line, great linebackers uh, can turn injuries off, I'm great with it. Uh, but they do happen, and they do play special teams, and 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 you know, there are opportunities where he could be on the field. I do think that, and the Browns have sort of flirted with this a little bit, is because of their issues at defensive tackle. There may be situations where they only run three defensive linemen, uh, and then they do have four linebackers out there or, you know, a different combination of three or whatever uh, that Michael Kendricks could blitz. Michael Kendricks can do some things attacking forward. 
Uh, and then I have Jannard Avery, and again, I think he's going to be more of a pass rusher type than anything, but I do think he has ability to help as a linebacker. I think he can be a fully fleshed-out player. Uh, I've seen some promising things out of him as a coverage guy and a, and a, and a guy who can uh, be physically strong and, and play the run. And then lastly, uh, I do think James Burgess will make the team. Uh, I think they love him, and I think he has sort of justified that uh, adoration thus far uh, with with how he's been able to play. What about uh, Justin Curry? Uh, I like Justin Curry. Uh, I think he's a nice player. Uh, it was a shame when he broke his ankle last year. Uh, I, I, I think he. this is where you're actually going to finally have what resembles a difficult cut for the Browns, where you're basically saying this guy is pretty good, but not good enough, and the Browns are actually loaded at linebacker. Uh, he would be a guy that as long as an, another team is willing to sort of embrace the fact he's undersized, uh, super oversized for safety now, undersized for a little bit undersized for linebacker, that he could make another team's 53. Can we put him on the practice squad or not? Uh, he's eligible, I believe, uh, but I, I do think he, and if you could get him there, it'd be fine. I do think he's a guy who has shown enough that he warrants being picked up somewhere else. Yeah, and then looking at uh, BJ Bello, uh, Jermaine Grace, Brandy Sheldon, any of them to make the practice squad? I like BJ Bello quite a bit. Uh, as an athlete, I think he's improved as a true linebacker, and, uh, and he would be the guy I would try to get to the practice squad if you can. Um, he was on the Browns uh, most, if not all, of last year uh, playing special teams and stuff. He's certainly very athletic, but again, this just comes down to, and, and this may be a situation where the Browns do try to trade somebody. It could be Burgess uh, or somebody where you're basically saying, we have so many linebackers that we could actually you know, move somebody and get something. Again, I don't think it would be a pick. Certainly possible it could be, uh, but it would be more along the line of a player-for-player type move. Um, okay, great. And anything else on the uh, lineback room? No, that's it for me. Okay, great. Now this is the, a really, really interesting one: uh, the cornerback room. Um, I have Denzel Ward, Terrence Mitchell, Brian Body Calhoun. Those seem to be the starters uh, at this point. And then TJ Carey, EJ Gaines, and Mike Jordan. Uh, I think those are the guys that make it. There are some guys who could. Could be a surprise. Uh, uh, I think Desmond Rice is a guy that Brown seemed to like. Uh, that that could be interesting if they want to they want to move somebody out like Mike Jordan. But at the same time, whenever Mike Jordan's on the field, he's good. I, like even last year when he had to fill in, I've always found him to be a good player. This is the second team he's played for Greg Williams on. Uh, so those are the six. Um, the only thing that could potentially change is if the Browns decide to cut bait or try to trade EJ Gaines, although he's currently injured. Uh, it would be a question of if they want to try to put him on the pup list or something along those lines uh, for, for the time being. Uh, but those are the six I have. I, I would see Simeon Thomas as a guy that it, no one should be uh, worried about getting the practice squad, uh, considering he he, he uh, older uh, obviously had a bunch of academic issues in college. He's sort of a very unique body type. He's got some ability, uh, but I don't think there's going to be a lot of buyers on that front. And what about uh, McKinnon? We had a lot of talk about him, a lot of hype recently. He's all right. I just, uh, again, the, you know, the, when you sign, you know, you basically 
bring in uh, four new cornerbacks that are virtual locks to make the team, it just makes it very difficult for any of these sort of fringe guys to make it. But again, you know, maybe there's a surprise there. Maybe they're, uh, they're maybe they're willing to eat the money on TJ Carey. They paid him so much, and he's been, you know, pretty underwhelming to this point. So out of the three guys, Denzel Rice, McKinnon, and uh, Simone Thomas, how many of them do you think will make the practice squad? I could see two uh, make the practice squad in that situation. The one caveat I will point out is I, I, I guess it's conceivably possible the Browns could keep a seventh corner at the expense of a safety, uh, but I wouldn't. Uh, but that's certainly possible given the fact that uh, Brian Bowdy Calhoun is being utilized in both spots. And yet, uh, Desmond Rice and uh, McKinnon, do you think both make the practice squad or one of them? Uh, I think Desmond Rice and Simeon Thomas seem like the most likely, but it certainly wouldn't surprise me if they basically said we took a shot at De- uh, Simeon, Re- Simeon Thomas and basically are bagging it already. Uh, but those seem, I-, I think they'll try to keep him and then one other. And in between those two, I would keep Rice. Okay. Anything else you want to discuss on, yeah, Jack? Yeah, I've sort of got a four-way battle for that sixth cornerback spot. I'm looking at potentially Jordan, Rice, McKinnon, and it wouldn't surprise me if they've got the idea that BBC is going to be the backup free safety, that they end up potentially even just sticking Darren Smith on there and going, he can play it on game day, but it's just another option moving forward. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me if he drops in there, but for me, that is the hardest spot I've got on the entire roster of deciding who they end up keeping. Yeah, it's a real tough, tough battle there, Jack. When do we find out? It's next Saturday, isn't it? The um, roster? First of September, I think. First or second. Caught me off guard here, mate. Sorry, mate. You're not going to edit this bit as well, are you, Jack? You seem to edit all the mistakes you make and leave all my mistakes in. You're throwing me random questions. It's a curveball. Um, it's my job. So, um, Pete, what about the uh, safety uh, room? Uh, I've got Peppers and Kindred, obviously, and, and Demarius Randall. I think those are the guys that are you know obvious. Uh, and then I've got Darren, Durant, uh, Durant Smith making it. Uh, as the fourth guy, um, I had a very, very good uh, first preseason game. Uh, I, he's just a steady pro. Uh, he's been in the league a while, he's, but he's still only like 26 or somewhere in that area. Um, I really liked him coming out of Fresno State. I really, I, I, I thought he was quite good uh, for the Bengals. Uh, they've just got sort of an embarrassment of riches and safety. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if the Browns decide to, to just keep – three and say Calhoun is the fourth one so they could keep another cornerback that's a possibility but if I'm keeping four safeties those are the best the the guy that stands out to me as the one you'd want to keep on some sort of practice squad would be uh Ibrahim uh, or whatever his name is the uh Campbell yes Ibrahim not not him uh the uh kid out of uh where is he Elijah Campbell that's him. Yes, yeah. he'd be the guy. Athletically, very impressive. Uh, bigger guy who can move. I, that would be the guy I would target to try to keep on a on the practice squad. 
And um, do you think we'd cut Darren Smith or try and squeeze him on the practice squad? I don't think he's eligible. Uh, he could, I could be wrong on that. Uh, but I also think that he has done more than enough in this league where somebody would want him as depth. Uh, but the NFL has been really weird with safeties this offseason, so I don't know. Uh, maybe I'm wrong and they'll, and they'll decide to cut bait and, and the NFL will, won't do anything with him. But I think he is going to be on a roster somewhere. So, so putting on some pressure now, Pete, the five to make the practice squad in the defence, what, um, what five would you go with? Uh, uh, let's say Zekovin Henderson would be one. Uh, since I replaced him with Chris Smith, I'll say Marshall Frazier, the undrafted free agent from uh, Missouri. And then I'll say uh, Desmond Rice, Simeon Thomas, and then uh, I'll if they can get him there, I'll say B.J. Bellow. Okay. So I'd be super excited. I'd be super excited seeing that the uh, the squad and the practice squad come out. I've had a quick Google to cut down, and cut down day is Saturday the first, so um, not far away, and uh, it'll be interesting. Obviously, we've got first waiver claim the next day, so we probably grab a couple of players um, and add them. So it wouldn't surprise me if they ruin your practice squad plans and we end up picking up three, four players that aren't even on the Browns at the moment. Right. And, and hopefully, you know, hopefully there's somebody that they can grab. Uh, there's certainly guys I'm keeping an eye on in that re- respect that could help the Browns uh, regular roster. Uh, you know, hopefully they're not, you know, so committed that they're going to bypass better options in, in favor of simply uh, having what they have. Okay. And uh, yeah, finishing up, Punter, quite quite safe or not? I think Justin Vogel is going to win. I'm so I'm very Ooh, ready to be. Take. I'm very ready to be wrong on this. Uh, but he's cheap. He's younger. Uh, Britton Colquitt is fine. He's a lot older. Uh, but just Justin Vogel last year for the Packers is like record-settingly good. It was somewhat of a surprise that he was let go. Uh, so I'll say that the, the front office will keep their guy as opposed to Britton Colquitt. I, I, I've got no issue with either one. They're both very good. Kicker? Uh, I'm on the Zane train. Uh, I, 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 I was very impressed with the other kid, uh, out of, uh, the Ohio kid out of, out of Duke. Uh, he's very good. Uh, Jazane Gonzalez, his leg is so strong that he kicked that 54-yard field goal in the preseason game and it looked like a chip shot for him. He's just got a massive leg, uh, and, and obviously that's an advantage on kickoffs too, but um, he, I, I think he is an extremely talented kicker, and it would be a shame to get rid of him. Yeah. Pete, if you didn't know, uh, Zane's also a fellow Chelsea fan, so we're a very pro Zane uh, here. Me and Jack love Zane. Yeah, he's he's uh he's good. All right, great, uh, Pete. Thank you very much for going into all that detail. Pete, I've got I've got a question for you. Um, on match days, do you go? Uh, are you a season ticket holder, or do you watch uh, from home? Uh, I tend to watch at home. Uh, by virtue of the fact of uh, especially during our high school season, that's my one day off. I like, you know making the trip all the way up there and, and the hassle involved with that. So it, it, and, and 
TV has gotten so good that it's it doesn't hurt my feelings. That uh, it's a it's a obviously a good product on there. So I tend to watch it at home, and then obviously I can do what I do uh, uh, to enrage people on Twitter. It's never too early to start talking draft, and since we've cut down to the fifty-three man roster here, if you had to go, what are we going to do with our first three picks in the NFL draft next season? Not which players, cause it's a bit early for that. Which three positions would you look to address? I would look to address defensive tackle, uh, offensive tackle, and defensive end. Uh, I think the Browns will try to get offensive tackle first, uh, and it just has to do with the weird way the NFL, it, the money, the money part of it. I think they, they, you know, they want the quarterback, the the franchise pass rusher, and the offensive tackle to all be on rookie deals. Uh, having said that, if Joel Batonio you know, is great, then you're, well, I got, uh, you, you've got him super underpaid already. I, I would hope they'd re- remedy that to a certain point. Uh, but that, combined with the fact that John Dorsey is certainly an offensive line guy, makes it uh, a, a certainly a very a cost-efficient way to deal with the offensive line. You'd have uh, two guys on rookie deals between him and Corbett. Uh, Zeitler, I think, will be gone in another year. Uh, and then you'd have Treader still on a cheap contract, Hubbard on a reasonable contract, and Petonio, uh, whether it's guard or tackle. I mean, I, I maybe be, by virtue of the fact that they have technically five offensive linemen, they'll defer. Defensive tackle is far, far and away the bigger issue to me. Uh, I think an impact player, and I'm hoping Larry Ogunjobi is going to be one of those, uh, but I think an impact player inside of Garrett and Ogba and those guys is going would, would really transform the defense uh, and, and make them that much more dangerous. Uh, defensive end, it's not that the starters are an issue. I just don't like their depth. I'd really like to get another pure pass rusher. I think the Browns are, are, are certainly looking at that. The other position I could see them do, going after, it would be corner. And the, uh, you know, obviously Denzel Ward is somebody they're very high on, but they may determine that despite signing all these guys, uh, that none of them are really the answer and that they see a lot of value in getting a corner. So uh, that that, that is certainly where I'm leaning. And I think especially offensive tackle and defensive line, this upcoming class sets up really well. Uh, Obviously a lot can change in the year, but in terms of both, uh, what is guaranteed to come out, what could come out, uh, those positions set up really well. So as, as, as frustrating as it was last year not to address particularly defensive tackle in the draft, it may actually prove out in the long run in terms of value to have waited and then really address it. Like to the point where I would be in favor of drafting like as many as four defensive linemen in this upcoming class and a couple more offensive linemen because of cost controls being so good and then the fact that you know the NFL is so poor at offensive line depth that you can create a, a an advantage in trade markets or whatever in addition to just having call, uh, the ability to have young guys develop at a position that you can actually develop over time that that would be a worthwhile venture for them 100% looking from more of a cap perspective the amount we spend on our O-line is insane compared to the rest of the league is sort of double the average for NFL Super Bowl winning teams. Uh, one last question. The free agency market. Is there anyone out there that takes your fancy? You've got Hankins, you've got Obi Melafondwu, amazed I said that right, or uh, Des Bryant? 
Uh, I, of those, I would say Hankins was the guy I've been the most interested in. I don't know what happened when he was there, if he's out of shape, if it was a you know case where they basically said, we're very interested, but we're going to hold off right this second, um, or you know whatever. Um, in terms of because the Browns have what I would say is a, a, weak, a relatively weak defensive tackle position, Hankins would basically allow you to set up a wall in the middle that can just sort of allow those ends to fire up off the field. Um, and Hankins has been a more productive pass rusher than most people would probably believe, uh, despite being so big. But even last year, I mean, he got released after after the one year of the, the Indianapolis Colts contract. He was productive for them. It wasn't as if he was some terrible player, whereas I think Des Bryant is, is uh, spent. His knee is the issue. Uh, in terms of why he's not signed, and then you add in all the other question marks that make him more trouble than he's worth. Obi Melifonwu, uh, you know, I thought I, I wouldn't surprise, wouldn't have surprised me if the Browns grabbed him because Greg Williams pushed so hard to draft him uh, when the Browns took Deshaun Kaiser and didn't listen to me and take Shadobi Awuzie, but. Uh, but given his medical issues, uh, the entire NFL basically may say, look, we don't want to mess with this, and the Raiders may end up with him back on injured reserve for the time being. No worries. So thank you so much for joining us um, for these two podcasts. Can you just remind everyone where they can go to find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at underscore Pete Smith underscore because my name is obnoxiously common, and then I write for NFL Spin Zone covering the Browns. No worries. And Peter, thank you so, so much for your time. Uh, I, 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 it was a pleasure. Uh, I'm, I'm happy to do it. Uh, and, and tell your mom I, she was a great host, hostess. Uh, the saying you're a great host, by the way, mum. Fantastic, thank you. Um, guys, just to let you know, I'm down in Cornwall at the moment. I'm doing this podcast in sunny Cornwall. So uh, my mum's been getting me some cheeky uh, vodka drinks during the show. And uh, uh, Pete, if you ever come to London, it'd be great to meet with you. And uh, hopefully, one day when I come out to um, Ohio, we can meet up for a beer. I am I am more than more than willing to let you guys sponsor me a trip out there. Uh, but yeah, certainly if you come here, uh, uh, we can figure out something. Excellent. Thank you so much, Pete. And uh, as always, we'll keep in contact on uh, Twitter and uh, speak to you during the season. Sounds good. Thanks a lot, guys. Go Browns! This change coming.